0: Welcome to Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School, where I fill the gap between what you learned in school and what you actually need to know to be successful as a nurse. I'm your host, Rachel Murray, RN, neonatal nurse practitioner, professional development trainer, and SoCal Transplant, who's a Midwesterner at heart. I'm so glad you're here. Now, grab some coffee, get out of those scrubs, and let's go. Hello everyone, welcome back. And hey, thanks for listening so far. I really appreciate it. So today is going to be very foundational. We're going to talk about emotion. And if there's one thing I realized really early on in my career, it's that knowing how to engage with my emotions and definitely other people's emotions. Uh, For example, I'm really thinking of the parents in the NICU. Uh, it's really vital to our role. Emotions are absolutely everywhere. And the more we understand them, the more intentional we are with our interaction with them. And generally speaking, the more intentional we are with the way we interact with our and other people's emotions, the healthier that interaction is, and then the better we feel. So, A lot of future episodes will be explained through the lens of this information that we're going to talk about today, and a lot of future episodes will be better understood by knowing this. So we're really going to start with the foundation of emotional management. Don't underestimate the importance, though, of what you're about to learn and the impact that just this can have, even just this foundation information. So as I said, today we're talking about emotions, and in particular, we're talking about how we respond when we have an emotion. Now, I don't mean necessarily the exact action that we take, but rather, what do we do with the fact that we have it? The way we engage with our emotions, our tolerance for and experience of a particular emotion. And of course, in general, while this information that we're gonna talk about is true for all emotions, that is to say, the positive and the negative or the comfortable and the uncomfortable ones, however you define them, we're really mostly going to look at the negative, right? The context of the negative emotions that we have, because honestly, the positive ones are pretty good and we just enjoy having them. And there's not a whole lot of, you know, things happening underneath the surface with our positive emotions. One caveat that I do want to mention is that some of this information may not be applicable in the context of trauma or PTSD. I am not trauma certified. I've never been um, a coach for, for people who've had trauma. So I just wanna just throw that out there that while this is really foundational, it might not really fit or be super useful in that context. It may, it also may not, I just really don't know. So as we know, we are having emotions all day long many of which we are somewhat oblivious to, maybe not because they're necessarily imperceptible by any means, but because we're simply not paying close enough attention. Even if it's a really um, like kind of loud emotion and we know we're feeling something, it's rare to actually place our focus on it, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I don't feel great emotionally, I kind of just go through my day doing all the things that are on my list or, you know, I'm at work seeing patients and just doing all the things, knowing that I don't really feel great, but I don't ever actually put my focus on the discomfort that I'm feeling, my focus on the actual emotion itself. So on a scale of one to, let's say, five, how good do you think you are At really feeling or allowing your uncomfortable emotions. So we'll just start there with like a level set. So we'll say a one is um, I'm basically pretty oblivious. And number five is, uh, yeah, I crush it all the time, every time. I'm really good at feeling and allowing my emotions. So where do you think you fall? So if you're like a lot of other people I've asked this question to they say, oh, I'm pretty good. Like, you know, maybe a four or something like that now i'm going to go through the four different responses that we have anytime we have an emotion so keep in mind the um the four different responses that i'm going to talk about and i'm going to ask you this exact same question again right on a scale of one to five how good are you at feeling slash and allowing your uncomfortable emotions okay so anytime we have an emotion which is you know all the time right we there are four different ways that we can respond to it or four different ways that we can engage with the emotion that we're having the first thing that we can do is we can react to it that is basically we act it out so mostly this shows up for me when i'm really frustrated and i just like cannot hide my frustration um when i feel really irritated and i um you know kind of yell or i you know we have like the Rachel Murray eye roll, as I've been told I have at times. Um, so I'm just basically reacting to that emotion. Number two, we can resist it. That is to say, we can push it away consciously, but usually unconsciously, but either one. Um, and a really good visual for this, even though I'm sure you understand the meaning of the word resist, but a visual that I like to think about is, you know, imagine you've got a closet just like full of stuff. And of course, in this analogy, it's going to be emotion, right? And you're on the other side of that closet, just really trying hard to keep that door closed, right? On the other side, it's like trying so hard to come out. It's pushing, pushing, pushing against you. And you're pushing on the other side, really resisting that door opening. And what you know in that analogy or what is you know pretty clear there is that the problem with resisting an emotion is that it's still there, right? It doesn't actually go away. And the longer time or the longer you spend resisting it, the more tired you get, right? Imagine trying to hold that door closed for like days or weeks or months for some of us. So resisting an emotion can be really exhausting. The third thing that we can do is we can avoid it. And this is way too easy to do in today's world. There are just distractions everywhere. Um, We can do social media and like a million different platforms on social media, right? It's not just one. We can eat. We can decide to sleep or take a nap. We can do Netflix binging. We can do some perfectly healthy behaviors like exercise or socializing, but in the context of using them as a means to avoid an emotion, they might not actually be doing us any service. Uh, so we can avoid an emotion unconsciously, which we do a lot. I mean, how many times have you just scrolled through your phone when you're feeling anxious, right? Um, or we can do it consciously. And a lot of us nurses do this as well. Like, ah, I can't think about this right now. Um, you know, how many times as, an, as a nurse have you consciously decided not to think about something because you're just not in a place where you can feel sad? Uh, you know, it happens to me at work all the time. Like, we have to kind of go on and function, Susan David is an expert on emotions. She's a Harvard psychologist and a pretty well-renowned author. And according to her research, she says, and I think this is pretty intuitive, but, you know, I love to know that it's definitely backed by research. She says that when emotions are pushed away, i.e. resisted or ignored, they grow stronger. I really feel like intuitively we get that, yet we don't live our life accordingly, right? Just going around allowing all the emotions, knowing that that's gonna be the healthiest for us, right? So think about um, if you're in a pool and you've got a big beach ball and you're trying to like hold it down underwater, when it comes up, and of course the ball and the scenario is the emotion, when you let go of that ball, it doesn't just gradually or nicely float to the surface, it like flies up and explodes as if it got stronger because it was pushed down. Right. So that's the same idea with emotions that are resisted or avoided. All right. Now, I've already kind of said it. But the fourth thing that we can do with our emotions, the fourth way we can engage with it is that we can allow them. Now, what I mean by this is that we notice it, we acknowledge it, we kind of settle into it and we let it be there without any added judgment without an attempt to change it or get rid of it. Now, I'll ask you again, now that you've learned this information, you've learned these four responses, how good are you on a scale of one to five at feeling slash allowing your uncomfortable feelings? If you're like most people I've asked this question to, your answer went down. Because most of us don't actually sit with our emotions in a really neutral way. Most of us, on some level, are trying to get rid of our uncomfortable emotions. Most of us are not perfectly fine to sit with feeling embarrassed or shame or... inadequate or insecure or anxious, right? Most of us are not okay with that. So we do some lev- on some level spend most of our time trying to get rid of them. So here's what we really need to know as a nurse. Well, as a human being, right? But as a nurse, because that's the context with which we're talking about. Allowing an emotion is always less painful than the other three options. I know it doesn't necessarily seem that way, but it is. The best example I can think of this is with the emotion of sadness. Most of us at some point or another have been in a situation where we're really trying hard not to cry, especially for us nurses, right? I mean, like it happens at work all the time where we, we just, we have to keep moving. So we kind of like resist it. We kind of, um, we might even like physically pull back. I know my eyeballs like blink crazy. I maybe even make my eyes wide. I mean, whatever I'm doing, I'm just trying really, really hard to not cry. Like, don't cry, don't cry, Rachel, don't cry. And most of us, while we've been in that situation have also been in a situation where we then just finally let it go, right? So think about those two scenarios, the situation where we're trying not to, har- to excuse me, where we're trying really hard not to cry or the scenario where we're just letting it go, which scenario feels worse? The answer, I mean, you're not answering me and necessarily can't hear you, right? But everybody I've ever talked to will say that resisting the crying, resisting the emotion, trying not to cry feels worse. It's so much harder. It's more painful. And that is true for every single emotion. When we resist it, it feels worse. When we finally just drop the resistance and let it be there, it feels better than we thought it would maybe not good right but it just doesn't feel as bad and here's why inherent in the first three emotional reactions or first three responses to our emotions like the react resist avoid is the desire to get rid of it because we think of it negatively right like we don't like it as uh, as i feel and as probably a lot of you feel it's not comfortable it doesn't feel good Um, especially when we're having these uncomfortable feelings, you know, in front of our patients or in front of our coworkers, like you just don't want it, right? So we have these negative thoughts about it and then therefore negative feelings about the negative emotion that we're having. So now we just have two negative emotions instead of the one, right? So let's say you're feeling sad and you're in a situation where you know you really don't want to show sadness around certain people so now you feel embarrassed because you're sad so now you're sad and you're embarrassed let's say you're kind of new on orientation and you're just like really scared and then you look around and you see your other new grad cohorts and they look like super confident and calm And suddenly you feel really inadequate. Like maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. So because I feel scared and they don't, right? So now you feel scared and you feel inadequate, right? You're resisting that emotion or trying to avoid it, whatever your your exact response is. But it's because you feel inadequate about the fact that you feel scared. Now you've piled on an added negative emotion to the original one. Or maybe you're a few years in To nursing and you feel kind of insecure when you go in still and because you feel insecure and you think to yourself oh i really should have this by now i've been in this job for you know two three four years why do i still feel insecure then you feel ashamed right you're judging the negative emotion that you have and just piling on the negativity and this is exhausting. Can you imagine how much worse a 12-hour shift feels with double the negative emotion? Or more importantly, can you imagine what it could feel like going home after 12 hours with half the negative emotion than you have now? even if you don't like do a complete 180 let's say maybe you know you're sometimes allowing your emotion and sometimes resisting and sometimes avoiding you're all over the place it's not a complete 180 from like all resistance to all acceptance even if you move the needle by 10 20 30 percent that is still going to feel so much better and can you imagine how much that helps your life at home right how is your life at home affected whether you have someone waiting for you at home when you get there or not you still have you know, friends and family and people that you engage with, can you imagine how your life at home is affected in a positive way when you're coming home with less negative emotion? You know, As healthcare providers, we're in a really unique position where we're bound to have super intense negative emotions and still be expected to function and function well under a lot of stress. And even worse for bedside nurses, you're expected to function while on full display. That is to say, you don't have an office. You can't just casually step out to lunch. I mean, maybe you can, maybe you can go outside, but not always, right? You don't always have the time. You can't just go home early. You can't necessarily just take a longer break because you need it, right? Like as a nurse, you have a very specific schedule and you're, you're in it, it's normal to decide that you're going to avoid or resist an emotion throughout your workday. And that may be perfectly appropriate. You might need to do that in order to function well for the rest of your shift. And that's fine. What we need to remember is you cannot avoid it forever. And in my opinion, it should not be avoided longer than or beyond the time it takes you to get home, ideally. I say ideally because I'm not... I'm not perfect at this by any means. Uh, My husband would laugh if if you heard me try to like suggest that I'm amazing at this. By no means am I, um, but it is in my head and it's something that I think about. So if we can get to a place where we can revisit that emotion and allow it before we get home, it will change the way you engage with the people in your evening or your morning, whatever shift you work. It does not take more than a few seconds to allow an emotion. It doesn't it only takes a few seconds. What it takes is training our brains to put focus on how we're feeling. And then of course, the courage that it might take to feel something really rotten. We spend so much of our time in our heads, in our brains, thinking, especially really thinking critically about what to do. Um, We spend a lot of time doing, right? Taking care of our patients, medications, working out calculations, whatever it is, like the tasks of nursing, that we just don't put a lot of focus onto our body. How is our body feeling? Where is our emotion? What is our emotion? And that's totally normal. Um, But if we don't learn to do it at all, or at the very least, at the end of the day, when we go home, we're just going to be carrying around a lot of that negativity. So really, how to allow an emotion is very simple, not easy, if that makes sense, right? The steps to do it, which I'll talk about in a minute, are very, very simple. But they're not really easy, otherwise we probably all would be doing it. It just takes a lot of practice. So the step one on how to allow an emotion is we really have to notice it, right? And that just means we have to practice putting your focus on your emotion throughout the day. It Doesn't take long, it's just a few seconds. It's just the idea of shifting your focus, like getting out of your head for a second and paying attention to how you're feeling. Um, Do you have a pounding? Is your heart pounding? Do you have like, you know, butterflies in your stomach? Like what are the physical sensations that you're feeling? And then translate into what that emotion is, which would be step two to name it. And, And then number three, just normalize it in some way. Right now, I'm feeling embarrassed. Right now, I feel really stressed. Right now, I'm feeling disappointed. Whatever it might be. And I really like that statement of right now, I'm feeling because it's very neutral, there's no judgment in that statement, it's just a recognition. And then if you need to take a couple deep breaths, kind of settle into it, let that be okay before you move on with what you were doing, that's totally fine. So it's a super easy practice. Uh, No, again, it's a super simple practice, right? It's not necessarily easy. I have worked with some people who have put like timers on their phone to make themselves practice, like shifting their focus throughout the day. Um, I, I promise it does get easier the more you practice it. And it really is beneficial because it's the quicker you can kind of nip any resistance or avoidance in the bud and move about your day with just much less emotional friction. So think about something I'll leave you with. What emotions do you typically resist or avoid? And how are you doing that? Are you scrolling on your phone during your break? Are you going home from your shift and having some drinks? And what would change for you if you were to drop the resistance and just let them be? What would it take for you to do that? How could you think differently about the experience of that emotion so that it's not so negative? So those are a few things to think about this week as you're noticing your emotions more. And we'll be back, um, I believe, next week and a few other weeks as well on this emotion topic we're going to look at it more from your perspective and we're also going to look at it from the patient's perspective because what i didn't say up front well it's obvious right because this is present in all of us but it's definitely happening in our patients and the more we understand these processes of resistance and avoidance the easier it will be for us to help our patients through the difficult emotions that they're having All right, you guys, there you have it. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate all of you that are listening. And again, as always, if you've got recommendations, please shoot them my way. All right, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School. If you found this episode helpful, please return the love by rating the show. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, I'd love to hear your comments, questions, or topic requests. You can email me at rachel at elevatenurses.com. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L at elevatenurses.com. I'll talk to you all next week.